May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. So, uh, has that happened yet? Not yet. <laughs> no, we're still waiting. No, nope. we're still waiting. Still waiting. Amen. But uh, hopefully soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, welcome back to the Dominion Podcast, episode number forty-two. I am uh, your former beta host, Jeremy Boyd. <laughs> we did an episode recently on beta males, yes. and uh, I said uh, I got to stop being one, so <laughs> I can no longer be the beta host. I'm just another. We're the, all the other. Host. We're all alphas here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's me, and uh, we got uh, Alex. And we got a special guest tonight. I call him. No, I'm not just kidding. <laughs> this oh, is my no. pastor. This is uh, my elder, Jason Belgrave, yeah. pastor of uh, Westmount Bible Chapel. Welcome. Yeah, good to be here. This is good great. to have you. Good right. to have you. Yeah, yeah. We've had you on uh, a couple times already, right? I think so. But not I on video. So. No, this is daunting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're being looked at. It's different when you go in front of millions of viewers. And that's hard. <laughs> we didn't even do makeup before. We just kind of started. Right. Remember that show, Candid Camera? But there was blueberry uh, pie. There's a there. camera there. There's a camera there. There's a camera there. <laughs> Where else are they planted? We, we did have a treat tonight before we came up to the Upper 40 studio here. Uh, there was a fresh blueberry pie with Yum. cherry ice cream provided by uh, Sarah Ann. So. Life Thank is you. good in the upper 40 studios, man. man. They treat us like royalty. I, they I do. just show up and talk for an hour and yeah. they give me cake. You yeah. Know? He and brought us water. It's good sweets, too. So if I fall asleep in a few seconds, you're just going <laughs> to give me one of those. Take my post dessert nap. Give me one of those. Oh, I miss those post, like just post meal naps. Remember when you didn't have anything to do? Yeah. And you could take a nap? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that was good there times. It is. Good times. Yeah, there it is. But you know what? When you get an hour and you can take a nap and you don't have to worry, it's one of the sweetest things it in is. the world. Sure. It's rest. Mm-hmm. Rest. Hebrews rest. 3 and 4 rest. Mm-hmm. Just beautiful. Yep. <laughs> True rest. True rest, yeah. indeed. So tonight, what are we talking about? Uh, freedom. 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 That's right. Um, we're going to review Braveheart. Is that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we thought we just yeah. cut to a clip of random clips. <laughs> just clips. Enough said. We all blue face paint yeah. for this. Oh well, like every, like many things in the Christian life, there are paradoxes that we live with, mm-hmm. and one of those things is uh, the concept of freedom. Yeah. Because Scripture tells us that everyone is a slave to something, mm. uh, but also. Uh, you can only be free if you are a slave to Christ. Mm-hmm. And so we want to talk about the relationship between uh, uh, freedom in Christ, freedom as a, as a believer, and how that is, works out in the cultural sense, in the, in the wider world, and uh, obviously how, uh, you know, if there is a connection there, then the greatest need that our culture has is for that personal freedom and for reconciliation with Christ. Yeah. So I don't know, who, who wants to kick it off? You got your Bible open there, Jason. You want to say something right off the bat here? Well, you know, you went right to it right away. Um, I was thinking not only that that is the only true freedom is to be a slave to Christ, but also that we are all slaves to something or someone. I think that really is the illusion, is it not, to so many, Mm -hmm. that they can be free to themselves Mm -hmm. or free in a very general sense. Mm -hmm. Well, the reality, I was just looking at Romans 6, right? The very clear slave to righteousness, slave to sin. Mm-hmm. There really is no other bucket mm-hmm. that the Apostle Paul presents there for us, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's not that, well, you could be free to yourself or you could be free to do anything you want to do. And 
Uh, I think often uh, there's so many uh, weighing in on what freedom is these days, but fundamentally, biblically, and maybe, you know, this is a good place to start to just say we are all slaves in one sense, like you said, off the top to something. So the question is not being free from slavery. The question is who you're enslaved to. That's mm-hmm. right. I think that's at least a good starting point, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Who are you slave to? And and the reason this has become so um, dominant is is over the last two years we've seen two kind of complementary things happen and and very disturbing things. One, we've seen the retraction or the removal of our freedoms at a pace. Um, that Canada has never seen, that, and that's just a fact. Um, now, people might say that it was a justified, you know, removal, limitation on freedom, fine, but it just it is a bare fact acknowledged by everyone that there's been severe restrictions. Our brother Jacob um, Rayoma Trinity recently, the ruling for their charter challenge went against them, but the judge acknowledged that their freedoms, uh, according to our charter, that they are guaranteed under Section 2, were infringed. Mm-hmm. Now, our charter's a worthless document, yes. as the courts... Like, I mean yeah. that literally. Like, yeah. it's it's for a time when the state overreaches, but when the courts simply say, but the state said it was justified, so it is, it literally is a redundant piece yeah. of, 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 of legislation. But so we've seen the removal of freedoms, but at the same time, we've seen the public discourse surrounding freedom to be one that increasingly views freedom as a immoral and selfish, selfish. pursuit. Yeah, yeah. So it's this strange, um, on top of not only having our freedoms taken away, that when you actually lay claim to um, being oppressed or victimized in some way, dehumanized, you're met with scoffing and even disdain. And there was there was an article in the mainstream media recently where they, they interviewed some experts on the... the um, you know, on the linguistic data surrounding the word freedom. And basically it carried, you know, immoral, what was it, racist overtones and stuff. And um, basically they're trying to say the word freedom during the freedom trucker thing that went on is actually bad. It's a dog whistle. So when you hear those people saying freedom, um, our rulers and the, the, the ruling class, the media, academics, politicians, uh, they don't care for your freedoms and they actually think it's a sign of your moral inferiority to even talk about mm-hmm. it. So we need to, we yeah. need to, th- what, what do we mean when we talk about freedom? Mm-hmm. And I just spoke at the, we did the slow roll last week and they let me speak at the end of it. And I just, I talked about freedom and, and in the, what you've both alluded to is that freedom in a biblical sense, and even philosophically, it's not possible otherwise, is the freedom to do as you want, not what you want. That's right. And, um, Liberty, is, not license. Yes, right. and this is important because this will make sense of what Paul's saying. What Paul lays out in his doctrine of either slaves to righteousness or sin, it's not as though that's the Christian view. It, it's it's as with all God's truth, there is no other view. Like there's <laughs> yeah, yeah. no other possibility. <laughs> so if we just maybe hit pause and say, um, if we think about the cultural idea. That freedom is the freedom to do as I want. So we get the freedom of choice movement, right? Um, um, 
this is actually internally inconsistent because what if you want to do something that I don't want you to do or I want to do something you don't want me to do? One of us is going to have to give up our freedoms. So the idea of absolute freedom to do anything you want, barring any limitations, definitions, restrictions, obligations, duties, is actually a myth. All that that can actually mean is certain people have the freedom to do what they want while other people don't. And then it's not about principle, it's just about power, which is what we've seen. This is a redux of the truth arguments, the relative truth. Right, right. You see how the the fountainhead always must be who is defining the term. Exactly. So really what we're saying about freedom today is what we were saying about truth Mm -hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right? Same idea. Yeah. And it, you're right, Jason. That It will come out in everything. Yeah. Once we do away with some objective definition and mm-hmm. standard mm-hmm. for this, it just becomes, it, it bec- it's an illusion. It's not yeah. really that there's many truths. It's that we all say that, but then when it comes into conflict, it's power. Mm. It's, it's a, so who's, mm. who's got the power? And yeah. uh, there's so many things flying through my head right now, but the big one is that this uh our culture's view of freedom right now is a freedom without responsibility right and um yeah i've been listening to the past couple of weeks uh rush dooney's law and liberty mm-hmm. where he talks about how law is a prerequisite for freedom yeah and law um precludes some kind of responsibility right mm-hmm. and and that that's the arbiter between what i want and what you want yeah Mm-hmm. And so we can both be free only when we're both under the same law. Yeah. So all all freedom has limits and boundaries. This is the second thing. There's no such thing as a freedom for everybody that is limitless and boundless. It doesn't not it's wrong. It doesn't exist. Right. It's an illusion. It's a lie. It leads to tyranny. It, it's yeah. exactly. It's not real. So then the question becomes, well, what are the limits, boundaries, duties, obligations? And we would say that that's God and his word. So then all of a sudden, when we circle back to what Jason's bringing in, but you're either a slave to righteousness or you're a slave to sin, this this is just almost self-apparent. Mm. Um, it's like, well, yeah, there's got to be some standard and there's got to be some definition and some limit and obligation. What's that going to be? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean... Um, the, the other application to this, I thought, is that human rights and dignity and freedom are inseparable. So when we talk about freedom, we're not talking about um, selfish, special pleading. Mm-hmm. We're, when we recognize, as our charter does um, on paper, that there are inherent uh, rights of human beings, it means that there are inherent freedoms, which is why it is the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, because yeah. you do not have rights without freedoms, and you do not have freedoms without rights. So freedom is tethered to rights. So as a, as a human being, I have a right to life, therefore I have the I ought to enjoy the freedom from um, murder. Having, having right? somebody take your life. And, and it means yeah. that you don't have the freedom right. to murder me, right. because I have the right to life. This is the perversity of the, the modern dialogue, though, is that we've expanded the rights. So right. you have a right to uh, what we're going to be facing in the next coming months, I perceive, is you have the right to a basic income. Mm-hmm. Right. What does that mean? That means I have the responsibility to provide for your yeah, basic yeah. Inf- income. Yeah. And so when the rights become the responsibility of somebody else to provide you for something, I'd say that's when we're sort of transgressing mm-hmm. the point between 
real responsibility and rights and man-made ones. So I have the right to be free from any and all risk that you would pose to me. Yes. That's the last That's two unreasonable. Years. It's yeah. like, well, it's impossible as well, who, but it's who, unreasonable. Yeah. And who, who said that that's a human right? Like, and that's not possible. The, every interaction that we have, forget about COVID. We pose some kind of risk to one another, mm-hmm. you know, like, like in a thousand different ways. So once we make up these rights that aren't defined by God, then they're, they're, they're inherently um, debasing, you know, they will require something of someone else that they can't, they can't give us. And, you know? and, and haven't you guys noticed the watering down? It's interesting you mentioned that. And we were talking just before the podcast about drilling risk to zero mm. and the audacity mm-hmm. of even such a claim. Yeah, yeah. But that's what happens. And now I find there's this blending of the definition of freedom really becomes this uh, neo a uh, modern definition of just safety mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where people <laughs> freedom mm-hmm. it seems in the modern narrative is safety mm-hmm. i'm free if i'm safe mm-hmm. and you, you see this coming through all the time we mm-hmm. will give you freedom no we'll give you safety mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. almost indistinguishable these terms mm-hmm. but when has freedom ever been equated with safety yeah right and all of a sudden now it's yeah. just taken for granted or safety is safety is viewed as more important than freedom Right. But this is an inversion to God's word because according mm. to God's word, our world is dangerous. Yeah. We live post fall, we die, yeah. and and not only do we, our bodies will decay, but there is sin, and so we face risks from without, and from within. And if we all of a sudden, so the um, the law and God's revelation teaches us what does it mean to be free in a fallen world? It's mm. realistic. But when someone says, oh, we have the right to be free from all risk from other people, it's actually an impossible thing. Yeah. And then you end up having to enslave people, which is what we've seen. Right. So yeah. I need to be safe from your risk. So you stay home in your basement and die. Yeah. You don't get your surgery, your life-saving surgery. You don't get your cancer screening. You don't get your medication. You don't get to see your your parents, your dementia. You go into isolation and die three years early. Mm-hmm. Like you, that's your rights are taken from my right. And, and the Bible doesn't anywhere guarantee our safety. You know, we ought to have a concern for our neighbor and their well-being. Um, there are certain things, you know, that the law mentions, you right. know, parapets around your house. is a responsibility we have, but it's not absolute, yeah. you know. But because we're, we've abandoned God, we've just become idolaters and we make up, like you said, new rights. But with those come enormous costs to yeah. people. In fact, from the very beginning, the mercy of God not to take Adam and Eve to end it right there. The mm-hmm. mercy of God is you keep living in a sense. Yeah. You will die, but you mm-hmm. keep living. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here is all of the danger that you will live with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from the ground, mm-hmm. from each other, from the surface. Yes. Right? From the very beginning, mm-hmm. there is the transcendent authority, mm-hmm. almighty creator saying, this is what the terms of life will be. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. To live on this earth mm-hmm. is to live in danger mm-hmm. and risk. Mm-hmm. You see that played out, right? Mm-hmm throughout the rest of scripture. Yeah. And like so many other things, it's almost it's almost like we're trying to create a utopia. We're mm-hmm. trying to bring heaven down onto earth. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like you're talking about you're talking about this this lack of safety and this inherent risk in living is part of the curse. Yeah. yeah. We can't get rid of that yeah. till till it's all done. Yeah. Till yeah. And an- anti sorry, no, anti ahead. 
God, anti-God's word, trying to, you see the tension or you see the conflict there. Mm-hmm. Drilling risk to zero, mm-hmm. and we've talked about this at length, it's an impossibility, but it is this uh, fable that's held up mm-hmm. as something to strive for. And mm-hmm. it, and to even still hear countries, yes, that New Zealand, that yeah. have no yeah. policy to, right? But, and that people believe that. Yeah. Right? You said, Alex, I mean, every time I joke with my family how much I don't enjoy the dentist and mm. think about how many times I <laughs> mm. sit in that chair and be like, you know, at any time, all these instruments going in your mouth, you're, that's risk. Oh, yeah. Probably more f- for some of us than mm-hmm. others, but that's a risk, right? <laughs> but everything, what you're breathing in, yeah. what you consume. Uh, anyway, much has been said about that, but uh, you're seeing now the uh, the worldview being played out to its nth degree. Yeah. yeah. That it's not only propagated that you can live a risk-free life, mm-hmm. right? But we're going to do everything in our power to help you achieve that. Which means, which means, circling back, stepping on, and removing the rights and the freedoms of others. Right. Yeah. And this is why when we do it man's way, it actually ends up a massive inequality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like under this illusion yeah. of we're all in it together. And and uh, you know equity and all this stuff. We've seen the greatest transfer of wealth from the middle class to the upper class in the in history, across the board. You know, last week a Sun article came out. A hundred billion dollars was supposed to go to small business. They all went to big corporations. The majority of it. Um, and it gets, so, but what this stems from is when there's no no external standard transcendent objective standard to define what are human rights. Because remember, freedom is built on rights and, and responsibilities. Well, what are those rights? Well, then it's up for us to determine those things. Well, who gets determined? Well, the most powerful. So it's we would say, according to God's word, the right to worship and the duty to, is built on the duty to worship um, is inherent but according to the to an unbelieving worldview, in, there's no such thing as inherent rights. There's no there's no such thing because inherent rights are built in inherent worth, which is the imago dei, the image of mm. God. Genesis one twenty seven to twenty eight, created in the image of God, which means that God grants rights. We recognize them. That's right, and we don't grant them. And what we've seen in the last two years is, is a fundamental shift where. A culture that has abandoned God and his word says that, no, no, we're all about human rights, but the ones that we will give you. Yeah. And and the whole rhetoric is like, you're allowed to do this, now you're allowed to do that, you're allowed to do this. It, it immediately like, turns the population into, a, into slaves. Yeah, yeah into slaves. Yeah. And, there, and, and, and what I'm trying to say is there's nothing inherent. There's no rights that are inherent, and there's no freedom that's inherent. Mm. It's in any given situation, what will we allow? Yeah. But that's that's a fundamental shift in the way that Canadians and and certainly Christians have understood rights. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. not it it's not us to determine and define. Yeah. yeah, I just that proverb comes to mind: the way of the transgressor is hard. Yeah, right. If you try and do it man's way, it's just never going to work. That's yeah, right. let alone the fact that you know the the people that try and do it man's way, they always speak. They, they talk a good game, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks they're, you know, uh, virtuous, caring for the poor. They, they actually don't. They're they self-righteous. They're self-righteous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're doing it man's way. And they hurt other people in yeah. the end. That's just the way it it's is. It's the opposite of what they say. Right, you want to do it your way? Go for it. It's going to be worse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so 
in comes the gospel into a world, you know, a world without Christ is is just this. There is no inherent worth, there's no inherent rights, there's no inherent freedom. There's simply the exercise of power. Um, but what that leaves everyone is enslaved. And Scripture says that we're enslaved to various things. We're not just, the Scriptures say we're enslaved to sin, you know. The Scripture says we're enslaved um, to death, you know, through we're enslaved to the fear of death and uh, even enslaved to the devil, in a sense, you know, and his power, he exerts power um, over unbelievers. You know, we're darkened, our minds are darkened. And we like to think of ourselves in the West as free people. But according to the Bible, we're not free at all in a natural state. In our fallen, sinful state, we are 100% enslaved to our own desires. Sometimes even literally enslaved, which is also a picture we get in Scripture, too, with, yeah. say, the Israelites in Egypt or uh, in Babylon and Assyria. Like, there's literal slavery involved with this, too, not mm-hmm. just, you know, the figurative slavery of Yeah, when or, you abandon God, what ends up happening is you 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 literally create... Well, one of the great slaves. pictures, right? We've been going through this in Exodus, yeah, right? You would think the great deliverance mm. of God's people under the bondage of Egypt and Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. What does God say to them, mm-hmm. right? Or what, what does he call out to Pharaoh? Let my people go so that they can be totally free. Mm-hmm. Let my people go so that they can serve me, mm-hmm. right? So as he said, yeah. this is the picture from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17 as well, right? It, it's so stated so simply, the spirit of the Lord, where it is, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. freedom. That's it. Yeah, it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not freedom onto it yourself. It's we we said this right, mm-hmm. Jeremy, so often in the study that I think this is the great challenge for people is to mm-hmm. get definitions biblical. Yeah, and listen, I think we would say this, men, in the church. Mm-hmm. I think we're not even talking anymore about yeah. broader outside the walls of the church. We expect that mm-hmm. to have wrong definitions. Yeah, yeah. One of the problems we're seeing. The definitions are skewed in the church mm-hmm. by churchmen, mm-hmm. by shepherds that yeah. should know what true freedom is. Yeah. Well, Keep- even pastors saying, why are you talking about your rights? We need to lay aside our rights. It's like, one, did you keep your job? I noticed, yeah. I noticed you kept getting paid throughout this. You know, with all the sanctimonious talk about, we need to lay aside our rights. It's like, hey, bud, uh, did you lay aside your rights? <laughs> I noticed you're still getting your pension, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's... It, it, to me, that's kind of a cov- that's basically French for I don't want to uh, I don't want to face any repercussions for this. But it also betrays a very worldly view. Back to our whole conversation about what rights and freedoms are. It's like Christians should lay aside their rights, okay, but they ought to defend and uphold the rights of others. Right. So it's like, no, I'm not going to... It's funny. A lot of these same people would be pushing the the social gospel stuff, social justice stuff. It's like, your whole thing is, right, rights and... and, Stop complaining about your rights. Your rights have been trampled. What's the matter? You're a Christian. You should just suck it up and take it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But it's not applied across the board. And the reason is, let's just even put it terribly, even they recognize that that's very dehumanizing and sinful. And to uphold human rights isn't a selfish endeavor. Mm. Yes, there's a way that we can selfishly... Uh, that we are that we are called in Scripture to set aside our rights as Christ did. He he, though he was in the form of God, you know what I mean. He didn't account equality with God as something to be grasped. He set this aside, um, and Christians ought to 
you know, and Philip, Paul's saying you need to imitate him in your humility. And so, yes, Christians, of course, set aside our own rights, but we don't set aside our own obedience. What did that setting aside of rights look like for Paul? Yeah. Right? I mean, he just, he submitted himself to a life of uh, trials and yeah. beatings and all this. He, he submitted himself to all sorts of troubles, mm-hmm. but he still, uh, you know, he was still defending his flock. He was still standing up for other people. Yeah. Yeah, to say that, you know, when Christians say, well, we, we have the right to worship, we're not being selfish. It's a, it's a matter of obedience. It's saying that we have a duty towards God to worship Him. Yeah. And in that sense, we also have a right. We don't have a duty without a right. And this is, again, super shallow thinking. It's like by these people who say things that, that, that rights are just selfish. Um, it's like, well... Every obedience requires a right, you know? And so do you not believe in Christian obedience anymore? It's like, well, I do. It's okay. Well, what do we have to, what are we called to do? This is why you get like the Gospel Coalition obscuring, the Canadian one, obscuring the fact that we actually do have a a requirement of obedience to gather together. You know, it's it's shame, it's shameful and it's sinful. But what they're trying to do is actually obscure the requirement of God's, of obedience, so then they say that we don't actually have a right to say something's gone wrong here. Right. And the but, reality is when you go to those texts about rights, so I think, Alex, we've talked about this. Yeah. You, you know, we've heard one too many pastors talk about that. I mm-hmm. don't know why, Alex, Jason, you're getting worked up about rights. Mm-hmm. The reality is they're going to texts like 1 Corinthians 9, right? Um, and others of laying aside your rights, which really have nothing to do with obedience no. in view of rights, no. right? In fact, the other thing is... You don't have a right to set aside your obedience. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Let's talk about that if you really want to talk about it. The other thing, too, is, and you brought this up with the Apostle Paul's ministry, it is for the sake of other. You know, often I wonder how many are throwing that up about why are you getting worked up about rights that's a very selfish thing to say. Oh, 100%. Right? You know what I mean? That's a very... they don't they they are admitting that they can't make the connection between rights and mm. other people's rights. Exactly. They are thinking about just them. Right. And it's just rights are just about me and I don't want to be just about me, so you shouldn't be about rights. It's like, "Hey bud, rights are not just about you." That's right. It's about your obligations to love your neighbor and yeah. to love your God and their obligation and what you owe them for their own good and well-being and safety. Yeah. And like the reason that people went on marches for human rights and stuff in the 60s was was not just for themselves, it's for their children and for yeah. their neighbors. And yeah. You know, I think, guys, too, and look, not to say we've got it all figured out or look at us, but you know, I Mostly, just, though. Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> that was Alex. That was Alex. You know, it's stunning to me, conversations we have, take take the vaccine mandate yeah. right, as one. I think we all have had that conversation. It doesn't make a difference to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're talking about whatever perceived right or privilege it is to live in the West, to go to restaurants and mm-hmm. do things, we recognize that we're... That's not what we're fighting for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're not fighting for another table dinner mm-hmm. or another right. You're fighting for the freedom and the right and the message of true freedom mm-hmm. to go out to others so that people can gather and hear that message mm-hmm. so that there is a right for peaceful assembly so that message could be shared. Yeah. It's an other-focused yeah. thing versus 
I do. I, I, I really, the more this plays out, the more you see the selfishness in the movement oh, yeah. that just is okay locking themselves in a room mm-hmm. with a screen mm-hmm. and saying, you know, and typing, yeah. let's not get worked up about rights. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're, yeah. you're seeing it almost play out in technicolor as this moves on. It's basically saying, don't care about, don't show concern for your neighbor. Don't love your neighbor. That's right. And it's a concession that they're okay with being a slave. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this back again, we're circling back. If you, you're going to do it man's way, you're going to be a slave to somebody, mm-hmm. right? Who's it going to be? And, and uh, you know, it hasn't been this stark uh, for most of our lives in Canada because we haven't had any, you know, direct challenges like this so far. But now that there are these direct challenges to our rights, people are just fine to lay them aside and become slaves, mm-hmm. yeah. literal slaves. And, um, and it's, it's interesting. You even see examples like in Acts, was it Peter and John when they're in prison? wrongly by the magistrate mm-hmm. and the magistrate figures it out so he sends them to the people down yeah. at nighttime yeah let them out yeah. in the middle let them out the they're like hey uh <laughs> hold on a second yeah. no 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 you you beat us and you illegally you and jailed us day. you're gonna come down here during the day and do this yep. and it's like were paul were, were they being defiant were they just f- selfish freedom fighters it's like no they had a biblical holistic view of things they weren't just simply sticking it to the man and being vindictive they recognized that one everyone suffers when the rule of law is abandoned when human rights are not defined or recognized by us but are defined by us that is just a bad, bad thing for everyone. So if they have any shred of concern for their neighbor, um, they will say something. Um, they care about righteousness, and they're going to call people like John the Baptist did to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they care about the honor of God. Like when we deface his image and others, we are we are dishonoring him. Mm. So there's none of this little private you being selfish thing. It's like... If you care about your neighbor, if you care about the honor of God's name, if you have a concern for righteousness, you're going to oppose slavery. Like, you're going to oppose it everywhere. You're going to feel, in, you may take different approaches, um, but you will feel indignant that your neighbor can't get on a plane. You should. Yeah, if you're yeah. a Christian and your attitude is like, well, they could if they just did this. So you're not acting like a Christian. And it doesn't matter what you think about the effectiveness of the vaccine. That's just not a Christian way to think. Mm -hmm. Because does your Bible say that they should have the freedom to make that choice as a human being? That there's a measure of autonomy, responsibility over their own body and the medical procedures? Is that not built in to their worth as humans? Mm. Well, yeah. Well, then you should respect that. Regardless of any of you, and fight for it, and you should lay your life down for it. Not only should you not be indifferent. This is the laying down, right? Yeah, it's like sure, yeah, let's do that, bud. I'll see you uh, next Saturday. You know what I mean? Like let's let's start laying our lives down. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We should have a follow up conversation with some of those guys. Like I thought about what you said, and I totally agree. We shouldn't be selfish. We should lay down our rights. So. So. Here, I've got this. I booked you at this next protest. Raul <laughs> <laughs> Cartier speaking at the next conference. Oh, at the is. next Freedom Convoy. <laughs> I don't know if they'd have him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> didn't know we had the, the code words on the Raul, podcast. Yeah. Oh, well done. Yeah. Well done. Wow. That's great. Oh, man. I don't know where we want to go next. I mean, this is going great. Yeah, it oh, is. Yeah. Really well, there's so many. There's. It basically reveals that the church is more influenced by the world than the Bible. 
And the level of thinking on these things is very shallow. So we haven't thought about what is the connection between human dignity and freedom? What is the connection between um, the love for my neighbor that I am to give them, the love for my God, and human freedom? Mm. And if we can't answer that question like that, then we need to hit pause and say, okay, maybe I'm being more influenced by, well, 100%, more influenced by my own sinful, finite mind or by the world around me. And um, we've just been so privileged, and the scriptures talk about this, when you live in the blessing of prosperity, yeah. there, um, there, comes a, there comes a danger, not even the blessing of prosperity, when you live in the fear of threats. So what did the Israelites do when they got to the desert, you know? Um, we want to go back to Egypt. Yeah, we have they, pots of meat there. Yeah, the yeah. leeks and onions, man. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so every tyrant, tyrant ever, you know, has promised safety. And there's no historical awareness. Mm. People don't understand these things. It's like, well, the government said they're doing it to keep us safe. Yeah. It's like, okay, you know every tyrannical ruler ever has said that. Like, yeah. But it's it's this shallow, superficial awareness. I mean, we we're studying the French Revolution. Yeah. Robespierre was the head of the ministry or the committee for public safety, Right. Yeah, because wow. it's dangerous he, for people he, to not accept the will of the people. Yes, yeah. but it's like right. language that's couched as if it's a virtue, and he was literally the guy sending thousands of people to the guillotine. Yeah. No, and yeah. not for doing anything, even just for not being on board with what you're doing, mm-hmm. with no trial or anything, just the guillotine. But it was, it was for the public good. Mm-hmm. So it's like people need to recognize that that these things go really bad places. And and we of all yeah. people should know this. Don't you think there's a, a real arrogance though that we we seem to think that can never happen to us yeah. or to our culture? Yeah. Well, I th- I think Jeremy, that's a great point. I think we're living that. Yeah. You know, we had people. We met them earlier on, right? The first wave of people standing up. Yeah. Were either directly coming out of mm. uh, communism. Yes. In Europe, mm-hmm. or new people who knew those stories. Yeah. Their grandparents you cannot connect those dots any stronger. Yeah. The distance between those two dots mm-hmm. is so short mm-hmm. to what's going on today. Mm-hmm. But point taken that people have, either they are completely blind, or I think you're on to the point about thinking, we have lost ability to think, period. Mm-hmm. Fear has paralyzed and almost caused those uh, muscles that we used to have mm-hmm that would say in a classroom or in conversation, yeah, how wrong communism was Mm -hmm. and the lead up to it. May it never happen again here. Yeah. As it unfolds around you. Yeah. Right. There's a blindness and a lack of thought. Yeah. So the shallow thinking, I wonder, Alex, is just an absence of thinking. Period. Once I'm safe, Mm -hmm. right. Once I'm safe, Mm -hmm. I don't want to engage in that conversation. I have everything I need in this 10 by 10 cell that I'm in. I've got everything I need. Yeah. I, I don't want to engage in that conversation anymore mm-hmm. because this is as good as it gets. And that's mm-hmm. really what's been presented. Was it Douglas Wilson that said yeah. we're we're in prison, we have everything yeah. we need in a jail cell. Yeah. He said all the freedoms that the government offers you can be exercised in a ten by ten jail cell. Yeah. The stunning insight, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, in a sense, that is it. Yeah. And think about what this pandemic has done with the authorities, right? Mm-hmm. Made sure you have your comfy jail cell. 
Oh, but yeah. But you will stay there. That was our first move to approve. They tried to pass, remember, they tried to pass um, increased tax uh, taxation, I think, without any debate. Remember, they tried to pass that, like mm. the first couple weeks of COVID. And then a couple of guys flew, you know, got the auto and was just like, hey, we're not doing that, by the way. But it's because print money keep people happy. Yeah. What yeah. it's like this sister in the Lord said to me tonight, what is. The dictators always promise bread and entertainment. Yep. yep. You know, throw them a loaf and give them the gladiators. There it is. (laughs) It's like literally, here's your check. You can get Skip the Dishes and, uh, you know, watch YouTube and just, you know, you'll be safe. Yeah. Who was it that when the founders of America said, those who sacrifice liberty for safety deserve neither? Yeah. I think it was Franklin that said that. Was it Franklin? Ben Franklin said that. Yeah. It's such a great quote, oh. and it's not. It's it's if you actually think about it, it's totally true. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're you'll s- get neither. We're seeing it right now. Well, exactly, it's playing Pe- out. Like the people who have been worried about safety the whole time are feeling less safe than ever. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if you notice this. It's like they've gone even further. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. They're like they're like hesitant to drop the mask mandates because people's minds are so broken. Yeah, they know that, that they're afraid it's to take cause. it off. Yeah. I mean, I'm laughing. It is sad, but it's also just scary. But I like, think we all have that guy. You know, I read an article like that the other day on, you know, it's almost two years. Most jurisdictions are thinking of dropping the mask mandate. If you're anxious, don't worry, you're not alone. And I, But guys, I think we have these moments yeah. where, yeah, there's this duality. You <laughs> laugh out loud. You have a moment. You're like, are, is this for real? But then at the same time, your heart just breaks. Oh, this yeah. is People real. truly paralyzed. Like, People have gone to that degree. They don't want to leave their house. They're enslaved yeah. to fear. Yeah. 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 It, it is heartbreaking. And I and I think as we talk about a biblical, not only understanding response, and I know it does for us, yeah. just to catapult us to, there is only one solution. There's only one answer, right? Mm-hmm. You, you just feel this unmet need that mm-hmm. is the only need. It must propel us to gospel ministry, mm-hmm. right? If it doesn't... If it doesn't take us there, if it doesn't compel us all the more, then we have those hard questions too, right? What are we fighting for if we're not fighting for those that don't have the security that we do? Well, is it Peter who said that um, he talks about unbelievers, how they are enslaved to the fear of death. And um, as believers, like, I mean, we're, we're free. We talked about this in the beginning of things two years ago um, about the need to resist fear mm. because fear leads to yeah. a tunnel vision whereby you subject everyone else's rights and freedoms to your own perceived rights and freedoms. And that's just totally played out. But the beauty of the gospel is it sets us free from the fear of death and every other fear, but the fear of the Lord, to be honest. And that's been the sad, I mean, we're allowed to make risk assessments. I wear a seatbelt in my car, not just because it's the law, but it's a wise thing to do. I mean, I don't take unnecessary risks as I perceive them with my children and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I lock my doors at night, like these types of mm-hmm. things. Um, but, the, you know, that being said, um, we could die at any moment. Yeah. I mean, you you guys know my journey. I'm 35, yeah. 36 now. Like, I think I checked the stats on 30 to 55 or something. It was like 140 something people in Canada have died of COVID. Like, if I died, it would have been I would have been a unicorn. You know what I mean? Like, I would have just been this statistical anomaly. It's like getting hit on the sidewalk with a car. 
people ask me to change anything. It's like, it doesn't change the numbers. Like if I get struck by lightning, it doesn't mean I'm going to stay inside for the rest of my life. Yeah. But you know, um, it's a, it was a real risk, you know, and it could have just gone that way. And, uh, Christians ought to be able to, you know, and in, in the hospital, I came like, teach me to number my days. The text just came to me and how our life is a vapor. And, and you experienced that in your congregation, you know, thing. You don't think it could come, but it actually does. And what hit me in the hospital bed was, I, I didn't think I was going to die. But then I realized that the reason I didn't think I was going to die was because I expected that I would know I was going to die. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, this doesn't feel right. Like I, I would know. You know, like I've I've got so much unfinished business with the church, with the school, and with my family and, and it just didn't feel right. And I didn't, I don't feel like I'm gonna, you know, these types of things, but that text came to me. And I realized I'd just been falling into this folly of like, well, why would, where have you read in your Bible that you should know the day and time? Mm. It actually says the opposite. It says that the Lord knows the day and time and, and we don't. So when Christians recognize this, we live in a frightening world that a thousand perils beneath us, um, but but a God above us and a Savior who's who will never leave us nor forsake us, then what, what do we have to be afraid of? Yeah, you know, Alex, that's well said. I, and I think about what we've been through at Westmount, you know, I, I can't help but think as you, you talk, you know, one of the greatest criticisms level to us, and you'll hear it, right? They're still doing that and someone died mm. there. We were sharing that before how, I mean, my moment was when I heard it and Mm. I thought, oh, how are we going to deal with this? Working it through personally, corporately. Mm. But that sums up Mm -hmm. where our culture is at. Mm -hmm. That's the terminus. Mm -hmm. The bus stops there. Mm -hmm. There's nowhere else to go. Yeah. There's no transcendence. There's no metaphysical. Mm -hmm. There is no other life. Yeah. When you're just living your life to not die. Yeah. You're really not living at all. And I think we that's just what we know. Yeah, you're enslaved. You you are in, you're enslaved to the illusion that you can not only control you can avoid, death, yeah, you but can you avoid. won't die. Yeah. And that's slavery. And how insidious is it that not only now you are facing the pain and the grief of literally our great enemy, like death is the worst thing by definition uh, in every ex- existential way death is. Now you are also morally reprehensible for it. Yeah. It's like, okay, let's just step back. It's like, what world do you want to live in, folks? A world where, by God's grace, um, through the resurrection of his son, you have a freedom from fear over death and a freedom to live a risk-filled life for the good of other people and the glory of God. And if it goes wrong, then you celebrate that you are with God and you comfort the grieving and you, you know, you live fruitful lives or one that hides away in cowers and fear and looks with bitterness and resentment and accusations and condemnation on people who lived an obedient life. Like what, what, which path do we want to take here? Yeah. And I think a lot of churches sadly have, have, created the second category and called it a virtuous life. And it's not a virtuous life at all. And it's a life, as you said, of slavery. You know, this is, there's nothing new about this. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, you mentioned Peter, 2 Peter 3. Again, we're talking about within the walls. Yeah. Those that would profess religion or church. Speaking of false brethren, 
not only are they waterless springs, right? They promise them freedom. Yeah. But they themselves are slaves of corruption. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Freedom's promised. With every billboard you pass by, with every virtue signal church, Mm -hmm. it tells you all the things you need to do to come in here. They Mm -hmm. promise freedom, Mm -hmm. Mm risk-free, but it is corruption Mm -hmm. is what is being delivered and offered up. And that, I think, fuels us even more, Mm -hmm. right? Or at least it should as churchmen Mm -hmm. that care about those even beyond the walls of the church Mm -hmm. that would be denied entry into a place Mm -hmm. because of this slavery, Mm -hmm. right? And I mean, in essence, that's really what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And we've really seen the church take on that uh, worldly outlook. Like we're supposed supposed to have an eternal outlook. Mm -hmm. And like you just described it in such a great way, you know, that our days are numbered. Mm -hmm. God knows what they are. And we're free to be obedient. That's just a, that's such a, a beautiful beautiful thing that the world just can't understand that we're yeah. free to obey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're free from, it's like he mentioned they're enslaved to their own passions. Like this is why the salvation of Christ is the only thing that works. Cause yeah. every man-made salvation deals with the fundamental problem. Well, one of the fundamental problems that we can't get free from ourselves. Can a leopard change its spots? That's right. Like, what it's okay. I'm I need to be free from the capitalists and I need to be free from the patriarchy and I need to be free from right wing conservatives. And it's like, cool, man, like great. And uh, once you build yourself into this little island of yours with these walls and moats and whatever, that's fine, you'll still be there, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. you are just faced with no one else oppressing you, it's you. And 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 I realize this in my life. You know, I, I, and I, I may have been converted at this point. I don't know if it was a renewal by God, but I just realized I was totally powerless over my sin mm. or at least particular sins. And then like, it grieved me and it scared me. And it was, it was, I just realized like I couldn't, I was coming to the end of moralism because I was trying to be good. I, I genuinely was, but I just couldn't stop sinning. And I was, I didn't know the gospel well enough at this time and, I was having an existential crisis, you know, but 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 I but God by his spirit convicted me. It's like, "Hey man, it's like you may be better than that guy and that guy and that guy, but you you are the problem." Yeah. And it doesn't matter how many nights a youth group you do and how many church services and how many Bibles, it doesn't like you are you need to be saved from you. Mm-hmm. And and through Christ, you know, we are given a new heart. A heart that loves God's word, loves his laws, Jeremiah says. A heart of stone is replaced with a heart of flesh. Mm-hmm. And that's when we're free. Yeah. And that's why that's why James calls it the law of liberty. Because to love God and love our neighbor is a yoke, but it is light. And it is one that is um defined by, you know, where God defines the rights. So just how we talked about when I make up my own rights, it actually leads to one of you being enslaved. Because you got to do something for me that's dehumanizing. But when God defines what it is, what you owe me, what you owe me is actually good for you. Yeah. And what you owe me is actually good for you. What I owe you is good for me. Like when I love you according to God's word, it's actually good for me. And when you love me, it's good for me. But when I love you according to my standard, you love me, it's actually bad for us. You know, one of us gets a short under that stick. But the law of liberty, it's like this tension. I love that phrase, a law of freedom, the standard of freedom. It's like 
But the, in our worldliness, we're like Psalm 2. The nations rage and the people plot in vain. What do they want to do? They want to free themselves from his cords. It's like we we view our obligations to God and, and others and limits and restrictions in this world as evil. We need to be free. We're enslaved. But no, man, you're not. You're enslaved to you. Um, you wish you were enslaved to that. Because if you're enslaved to Christ, you're free. That's yeah. right. You know what I mean? Like you can overcome those desires. You could never overcome. He can overcome those well, things. Well, it's like you said off the top, Alex, it's living as you ought. Exactly. And ultimately, it's not even that some really good deity or some really good systems come along and said, you know what, Alex, Jeremy, Jason, you all have your ways, but here's a better way. Yeah. It's not even that. It's, no. it's the way of the one that made you. Yeah. In the image of God, yeah. he is the inventor, the architect, the creator. Mm-hmm. He knows how you are to run. He knows mm-hmm. the way you should go. Yeah. And to live as you ought is to align yourself with your maker mm-hmm. and his law and his standard. And mm-hmm. that's where not only the freedom comes, but the joy. I was thinking Absolutely. not only of the obedience you're talking about, but the joy of obedience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I was thinking... It, it and really is freedom. It is. And it is. <laughs> we don't... And even as Christians, we find it hard when we're faced with having to submit and obey... We're like, oh, I don't want to do that. It's going to be hard. And then you do it, and you're like, oh, that was great. Yeah, That's exactly what I needed. God knows what I needed. Amen. And that's it, Jeremy. I mean, this is what we're talking about. That's the joy. Think about for the three of us mm-hmm. as unbelievers. Mm-hmm. It was so elusive then, right? Mm-hmm. And the joy, we've talked about it, mm-hmm. to just obey mm-hmm. and submit yourself to the one that made you, the one that saved you, mm-hmm. the one that sets the terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that. In in a sense, even because we're fallen and prone to our own way, right, and have this remnant of flesh, it doesn't feel like we want to do it. Mm-hmm. The world that that's the ceiling for so many. Mm-hmm. We're saying be be free from that mm-hmm. to live as you ought, and to have the ability to live as you yeah, ought. By God's yeah. you have the inability to live as you right. ought right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. and that's what God offers you: mm-hmm. unconditional free. Right, mm-hmm. just turn and receive. Mm-hmm. You. uh you started with Romans 6. I'm going to read a little little more from that right mm. now, starting at verse 3. And uh, we've got a baptism this week. Is that correct? Amen. Amen. Man, we've had a good amount of baptisms in the last yeah. couple of years. And it's so wild how um, you like. I, we think we were talking, joking about restaurants earlier and how that's not what it's about, like being able to go to a restaurant if right. you don't have the vaccine. Uh, I haven't been to a restaurant in a while. And uh, now, now that I'm allowed, I'm kind of like, eh. I don't know <laughs> I if know. I want to. I know. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I kind of do, but I also I'm fine if I don't. Yeah. Because all this stuff that's happening amongst us is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, we're being sanctified. We're our our bonds are growing closer. We're seeing complete unbelievers just saved like like that, mm-hmm. showing up, being like, ah, I just realized there had to be more to life. And now I'm going to completely commit myself mm-hmm. to Christ, like just on a dime. We're seeing things we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And so we've got a baptism this Sunday, and it's an amazing story. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to hear her story, oh. actually. It's going to be hard. It so. would be great. Well, like <laughs> they all be have been, though, right, Jeremy? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know the same for you guys. Mm-hmm. I think I have yeah. a baptism on Sunday as well. Yeah. But that's just been the season, mm-hmm. right? I know we'll get to Romans. Yeah. It's been amazing. Mm-hmm. We just need to rejoice. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alex, if mm-hmm. if someone had come up to us and said two years ago, mm-hmm. you're about to endure mm-hmm. the most difficult but the most joyful, and these are the things that mm-hmm. I'm, 
He said, really? Mm-hmm. And yet here we are. Yeah. Through all that you've been through. And and Jeremy, look at Westmount now. I mean, mm-hmm. who would have ever imagined? Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, anyway, Romans 6. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's starting out by talking about baptism and what it symbolizes. Yeah. Do, not, do you not know, this is verse 3 in chapter 6, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And it goes on to talk about that, that what we would consider a paradox of being a slave and dying and then as a result having that true life mm. that you can only have by going through death. And uh, so, so true, so yeah. true. Mm-hmm. To live is to die. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so much more I know we, we could say, but um, just keeping in mind, again, where we start biblically uh, and as we carry on biblically and where we end mm-hmm. biblically, right? Letting... God define the terms. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been our mo, so to speak, through all of this, and it needs to continue to be because you you feel with what is ahead. If we lose any sight of God defining the terms, mm-hmm. think about how precarious the days ahead are. Mm-hmm. Uh, in one sense, and maybe this is just a pit stop to remind us all: may we never forget how we got through these two mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. May it carry us through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He continues and always will mm-hmm. be the one defining the terms. Mm-hmm. And we can't lose sight of that freedom and the end, life and death, beginning and end. He mm-hmm. he is the one that defines those terms. Mm-hmm. You got any more you want to say there, Al? Um, I was going to mention a couple of cultural heresies. Okay, do it. So the part of, you know, we... Culture is just the outward expression of a society's religion, right? That's what this is. And so when we see the erosion of freedom and all the changes that are taking place, um, it's because the worship of the people has changed. It's changed from the living God of Scripture and His Son, Jesus Christ, who came to set us free, to false gods who come to simply enslave. That's what's going on. Mm. Um so a couple things. One, secular materialism, right? The secular is no God and materialism. There's just what we can see, taste, touch kind of thing. Uh, therefore, there is no such thing as inherent human worth. I mean, what is even a human at that point? You, you use that word, but we're really just the one stage of this development of Adam's yeah. emotion. We're not a static thing. We're something in the process of becoming. Yeah. So, I mean, what really is the difference between me and that plant in a, in a, in a real sense? A couple billion years. That's about it. Yeah. And it's just arbitrary. It's just, okay, well, now you say, at what point did I gain these rights? You know? And so, um, and again, with no God, because it's secular, by what standard would you grant them or define them or what anything? So that's been taking place for a long time, but then we move into, um, we see the fruit of this in a collectivism, right? So according to a Christian worldview, an individual human is someone of inestimable worth and dignity. And we see this even post-fall. Remember, he's, is it uh, chapter 5 or 6 of Genesis um, if a man shed someone's blood, yeah. by man shall his blood be shed because he was created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And we see in the retributive justice of God, people look down on that. I'm like, retributive justice is amazing because retributive justice is upholding the dignity of That's the right. victim. Yeah. It's saying his eye is worth your eye, bud. His hand is worth your hand. 
You know, his blood is worth your blood. Mm. You're the same worth. It's mm. true equality. Um, but a collectivism doesn't recognize individual human rights. So this whole uh, historical anomaly where we've recognized human rights around the world, um, that's the fruit of the gospel, and that's it. That's right. And when the gospel starts to go down in the cultural influence, and by that I mean actual believers, um, the con- the true concern for human rights doesn't matter. And we still have the language, and it's all a lie. Mm. because. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Finish your thought. Well, we're just talking about everyone's putting up their Ukraine pictures on Facebook, and and that's great. Um, But it's like, you know that China has like, you know, a million Uyghurs in concentration camps, right? And no one cares because China's money is in everything. You know, you know Ukraine was in a really bad spot before this happened, right? Like lots of suffering was going on. No one cares. No one really cares for human rights, okay? We say that we do. A collectivism is basically saying the rights of the group trump the rights of an individual. Mm. Um, and this is a very dangerous thing. This is what you see in totalitarian regimes. You saw this in communist China and communist well, Soviet Union. You mentioned Union. Robespierre earlier. That's, that's yeah, what was going on there. Exactly. Like you either are with us or against us. And if you're it's on the on, will of the people. The will of the people. That's right. The brotherhood it, uh, of humanity. Did you guys watch uh, a lot of Star Trek growing no. up? No. Oh. Uh, <laughs> the Spock character is... He's the uh, you know the the picture of this right? Yeah, it's all about uh, the 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 greatest common good for the most people. Yes, it's like well utilitarian. What's what's good? I mean, who gets to define that? Yeah, right? but oh, yeah. it's so many questions there. But yeah, that was. But it always thing. sounds good, though, doesn't it? Oh, it yeah. always and, sounds good. The will good. of the people and on it always sounds good. The greater good always a perversion uh, of something in there that is good for sure. We yeah. live for other, mm-hmm. but it's a perversion of it. Well, the right? good the the. The rights of the many outweigh the rights of the few. It's like, okay, think about that, though. What exactly is the many? And what are their rights? And when you dig it down, there is no such thing as the many except for the few. Like, there is no such thing. If there are no individual rights, you can't have a collection. There's no collective rights rights apart from individual rights. Like, well, I think we need to keep everyone safe. It's like, why? Because they have the right to life. Who? That, like, you know what I mean? So without individual rights, there are no collective rights. Right. It's so. just, a, it's another lying and illusion. Yeah. And then you have statism come into place, which we're seeing. And yeah. statism is essentially all authority collapses instead of being dispersed according to God's word to an individual has certain obligations and responsibilities and authority. The family unit does. Um, parents over children uh, churches, the government, employers, like God ordains all these spheres of authority and responsibility. They all get subsumed into the state. But then the state, instead of recognizing according to the authority of God's word, what rights and freedoms exist, they declare them. Mm. And that's that's what we're living through um, right now. And all of these things are because of unbelief. Yep. You know, yep. they're not fundamentally political, they're religious outworkings. And we would say it's a necessary outworking of unbelief. It's not just, this might happen if a culture decides to not believe. No, this is exactly what happens every time. Every time. The no state question. becomes God because there is no other God. Somebody's yeah. got to be God, right? Individuals are trampled <laughs> for the greater good. And and the last thing, the heresy is elitism. So rather than the hand saying to the foot, I have no need of you, can't say that. And in the body of Christ, all are equal. And the hostility, the wall of hostility that was between us and God and us and each other is torn down. There's neither Jew nor Greek, 
nor slave, nor free. You know, the gospel creates this amazing humanity where we have all um, equal worth. Uh, we resort to these huge disparities. So we, we had this little window in human history post-Jesus. And uh, I mean, the Jews experienced this under the law as well, like God revealed himself to them, um, whereby humans were treated equally. That That is a rare thing. Even today in the world, that is a rare thing. And that is just going away. And what you're seeing is when people, the during COVID, it's the the people who are least impacted by their imposition of restrictions are the ones who have all the authority. That's right. yeah. So it's like, I we call it, you know, some scientists call it the Zoom class. So they all look down at us as if we're idiots for not getting, not doing all of these things. But it's just like, what does it cost you? You know, you haven't lost your job. Um, you, you have technology to see all your friends and family. You know, you can order skip the dishes. You can order your groceries to your door. You have the money, all of these things. It's an inconvenience to you. So we're seeing this disparity between people and it's growing and growing and growing. The trucker's convoy is just the expression of that. It's a bigotry. It's like, look at the peasants revolting. You know what I mean? No concern that these people have terrible, you hear some of the stories, what they've gone through, their family members and their kids last two years, no sympathy whatsoever. So all of this, I just bring up those things to say, like, when you abandon Christ, it just gets bad. Well, and not only that, as you said, we go after a God, we'll follow a God, we all worship someone or something. Uh, It's just that. That's what it is. Collectivism, statism. We will have a way. We will submit to a way. And it comes down to, again, again, how we started it's who is it? Yeah. What is it? That really is what we're saying. Yeah. It's not a matter of uh, being free from everything or not following anything. The question is who who you're enslaved yeah. to, right? Who is your God? Yes. 100%. Oh, you're, you're setting up my closing scripture so well for me. Oh, we didn't even talk about it. No, we didn't. No, wow. but the you chemistry saw, boys. You saw I had it open to Exodus 21, and you've been preaching out of Exodus yeah. uh, recently. There it is. There's a really great picture uh, in the section on laws about slaves, how after seven mm. years the slave... Uh, is able to go free, mm-hmm. uh, but if he's married or for whatever reason, if he decides he wants to stay, he uh, is allowed to stay and submit mm-hmm. himself in perpetuity. And it's just a beautiful picture uh, of what I, what I, it's a beautiful picture for me of our submission to God mm-hmm. as his perpetual slaves. Amen. But the great thing is that we are welcomed as children, mm-hmm. as sons and daughters, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, even though we are, you know, we're, we're his slaves and we will, uh, serve him and submit to him. He treats us as if we are family. Mm-hmm. So here is uh, here's just a little bit from Exodus 21 as we Such close. Great passage. Yeah. Uh, starting at verse uh, 5. But if the slave plainly says, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him to God, and he shall bring him to the door or the doorpost And his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall be his slave forever. Isn't that beautiful? Mm -hmm. So that's what we want to be. We want to be God's slaves forever. Thanks for joining us. This has been a great time, guys. Thanks for uh, coming along, Jason. And we'll see you all next time on the Dominion Podcast. 